Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So man, I tell you, this Jeff Jarrett is some kind of a hero. Before that, though, welcome to Ups and Downs, the wrestling review show with me, the idiot Simon Miller. And yeah... We had a graphic at the start of Dynamite for Jerry Jarrett, who very sadly passed away this week. And of course, Jeff Jarrett is his son, but he still walked out here and had a match. I'm sorry, that's just absolutely amazing as far as I'm concerned. And of course, all our thoughts and feelings and well wishes to the Jarrett family. I mean, it's just a really sad occasion. When the acclaim made their entrance to Max Caster also talked about this. And he said what a pioneer Jerry Jarrett was, which is why it was such a shame that Jeff was a douche. It also meant we had Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh taking on Orange Cassidy the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass Billy Gunn and you have no idea how excited I was about this because you just knew it was going to be potty and it was. It also started with Caster and Anthony Bowens being in control which I really liked because do not forget they were the tag team champions all of a week ago so of course they should be kicking ass. Very sadly Max then found himself on the wrong side of the ring I went, oh, Scooby-Doo, roll. Sting eventually tagged in when Daddy Ass was all like, oh, man, give me the slap. I want to get in there. But instead, Orange Cassidy took him up on his challenge. And the height difference here was absolutely hilarious. I mean, it kind of looked like a cartoon. For one reason or another, everyone then just started tagging everybody else in. But I had no idea what was going on, but goofy wrestling for life. When the gun club decided to turn up, and everyone just looked at them like, why are the ass boys here? This opened the door and allowed Jarrett to flatten Billy Gunn, because I think he must have forgotten he had sons, because he was so surprised by this. And <laughs> when Satnam tagged in, he just wrecked everyone. And again, because he's so damn tall, I can't help but laugh. He got his when Billy Gunn was able to hit the Famouser on him, which was pretty damn impressive. And then this all went crazy, because Sanjay couldn't decide whether he did want to be tagged in or not. He distracted referee Aubrey Edwards when Jeff Jarrett got the Golden Globe and smacked Daddy Ass right in the face. This just makes me laugh. Why is anybody using a Golden Globe to do anything apart from go, oh, I'm so happy to win a Golden Globe. Thanks, mother. They also used this to hit the lethal combination when Dutt was like, well, I'm going to get in there now. And he tried to use his pencil when Orange Cassidy hit him with the orange punch. What a sentence that is. The tag and then went off and everybody was getting involved when it all went bad for Sanjay Dutt because he got hit by Sidhami Timbers and he got pinned one, two, three, meaning the acclaim technically had just won. We also had a stare down with Max Caster and Anthony Bowens and the Gun Club because it's super serious now. And that's what we do in professional wrestling. And there is more on this later. But this was just fun. And never forget that's the whole point when you watch anything on television. I mean, you don't want to be a sad panda, do you? 
giving it up. But they've got a real cool video focusing on the fact that it is going to be Brian Danielson versus MJF at Revolution. Brian has just got crazy now. He's like, oh man, I'm the boogeyman and I'm coming to get you. When we had another tag team match, but now it was Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley taking on Rush and Preston Vance. And somebody must have whispered to them, the first match was a little bit silly because these guys did the complete opposite. I mean, they went crazy. There's also a Texas tornado tag, which means everybody can just get in the ring. And apparently rules don't count. And Preston Vance and Rush attacked the Blackball Combat Club at the start of this. But that was a terrible idea because they just went and pissed him off. Fair play to Excalibur as well because he was really putting over Preston here going, hey, do you remember when him and Mox fought ages ago? Vance didn't stand a chance, but now he is holding his own. So now we, the fans, can be like, oh my gosh, he's getting a push. I mean, he's basically evolving like a Pokemon. I think around this stage, John Moxie remembered, oh yeah, I can do whatever I want. So he just started throwing chairs in the ring when he also grabbed Roosh and threw him into Barry Barricade. And how many times do I have to tell you I will bring out this crappy, crappy sign I made until we get justice for Baz? It floated away like a bee. We also saw Hangman Adam Page watching this from the back, which is kind of creepy because he's like a stalker. But yes, he was also watching it from this angle. So he's an absolute crazy person. When we cut back to the match, and Mox was just throwing Roosh into the chairs over and over again. I was like, man, really needs to calm down. This was then even more nuts because Preston Vance was spearing people out of the ring onto everybody else when Claudio Castagnoli was being whacked by a chair. And I was like, surely when we get to this ring of our pay-per-view, this like in six weeks' time, the main event will be Castagnoli versus Roosh. I mean, they were basically flashing it in your face. Tables were then introduced around this point when I noticed Moxie was bleeding. Because of course he was bleeding. He can't help but bleed. When Preston returned... (laughs) He just had a chain wrapped around his fist. This is like that scene in Talladega Night. But all of a sudden, Will Ferrell is just naked. Like, you looked away, and he was clothed, and you looked back, and there's his penis. Claudio then got this chain, and he busted over Preston Vance before giving him the big swing. And as the commentators rightly pointed out, well, that can't be good when you've got blood coming out your head. And no, no, it is not. Jose, the assistant, was then also using weapons when Wheeler Yuta came out. I was like, no, man, that's not happening. And he beat him up to the back. Which is when Roosh also went for the bullhorns and he got speared out of midair. This was great. Vance then decided he had enough and tried to kill John Moxley because he was going to choke him with this chain. But you don't do that to Mox. He loves doing strangling type maneuvers. So he instead reversed it. And of course, Preston Vance was like, well, I have no choice. I'm going to die. The Blackball Combat Club won. I mean, I don't think anybody had this much chaos on the cards. I thought Dr. Robotnik was going to turn up. <laughs> and we got more because we went to the back where Kip Sabian, the Butcher and the Blade were beating up Hangman Adam Page because obviously later it was going to be the Cowboy versus Kip. The Dark Order then made the save, which was also going to tie into later. This was so bonkers. It was like somebody had injected drugs into your face. But there is no way you could have watched it and been bored. This is getting it up. And then we kind of went old school after this. I liked it. But Jim Ross was having a sit down with Wardlow and quite clearly somebody had decided, right, we need to relight the fire under Mr. Lowe's ass. So let's do it here. Because Ward explained that when he was teaming with Samoa Joe, who he now hates, they had shared many a story, including Wardlow saying to Sam, listen, man, I had a really difficult relationship with my father, but then eventually we got it back together again when he got diagnosed with cancer. Even then, he was still able to make it to Wardlow's first indie show, which of course meant all the world to the man. And after he did pass away, he grew his hair and beard out because he wanted to look a little bit like his father. And then after knowing that, what did Samoa Joe do? 
he cut Wardlow's hair. And I tell you, this hit me in the tum-tum. He finished this off by saying Joe may have survived every other monster, but he's not going to survive this one. And I was like, boom, bang, halawabu. There it is. We have done everything we need to do. We're going to do this match at Revolution. Make sure Wardlow wins and then push him back into the main event. Because don't pretend he don't got something. He does up. And then Mark Briscoe was on TV. And you know the deal. We have talked about this before. Given everything he has been through, we just give him an up. I mean, it's the least we can do. He was also taking on Josh Woods. And AEW did a really good deal with this because they kept telling you, these two have history. Why don't you go check out Ring of Honor? And that's the way you blur these two brands together. Because if you are interested, you can go and check it out. Now, Mark did have a problem in the sense that Woods came out with Ari Davari, Tony Nese, and Mark Sterling. And of course, they got involved quicker than you can say, Simon, what happened to your hair? Although we did this because we were about to get a massive surprise because the Lucha Brothers made their AEW return. This got a crazy reaction too, so that rocked. But it's actually Joshy Boy that got the better of this because he hit this corkscrew suplex thing onto Mark Briscoe on the floor. And don't forget... It's not some kind of magic floor, it's just the floor. Mark did continue to fight back, but of course Sterling was still out here playing Nintendo. So anytime he could try and distract the man, it's exactly what he did. What a crappy lawyer. Briscoe then knocked Josh Woods to the outside where he used a chair to go flying over the ropes. That was absolutely nuts. And after he went for the J Driller, but he wasn't able to get it, he hit the froggy bow, he got the one, two, three. And Mark Briscoe right now is just like the most beloved man ever, as he should be. Also, this was a very good match. They're very good pro wrestlers. I've already given it an up. But I've said it now. I'm walking over here. Tony Khan also tweeted out after this that Mark Briscoe is officially all elite. He had the graphic and everything. So once again, good times all round. And then we kind of did what we did earlier, but it was a little bit different. What? But really, Paquette was taking a page out of Jim Ross's book because she too was sitting down with Adam Cole and she wanted to prod him about the future. He mentioned how happy he was with his recovery, though, and that he's back on the road with AEW. And while we did tease that he may have a match at Revolution, we also kind of teased that maybe he wouldn't, although he is searching through the AEW roster trying to pick someone to fight. Now, it doesn't really matter when he does come back, as long as he does it eventually, because health and happiness has to come at number one. But I started to ponder this, and yeah... I don't know who his first opponent would be, but I will say this. He comes across so damn well in these interviews, and when he is on the microphone, let's make sure he becomes the biggie baby face in the company, the biggest baby face in the company, and then by the end of the year is challenging MJF, and really, he should probably win it. I mean, he's just such a wonderful man, giving it an up. Speaking of the world champion too, he then came out to cut a promo And he was basically throwing drinks on fans. He was pushing them. He was spitting on them. And because I watched the feed on Fight, because I am in the UK, when it was at commercial, he told everyone to F off. And yep, he dropped that word. He also talked about how he turned on the crowd before they could turn on him because they are fickle, which is kind of ironic given that he is feuding with Brian Danielson. And even though the American Dragon comes out here every week and has five-star matches, that doesn't mean nothing because he's not the world champion. And when you've got that belt... You're the best in the world. He also said he doesn't believe that Brian has the balls to do what is necessary. I was a bit like Max, man. I don't think that's true. Have you seen this guy? He kind of crazy. From nowhere, Friedman then brought out Christopher Daniels. And I was like, well, where did that come from? When Chris got on the mic, I was like, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. This schmo over here paid me a lot of money to say bad things about Brian. But I'm not going to do that. And instead, I'm going to tell you 
he is the greatest person ever. Because he totally believes that Danielson is going to knock MJF's dick into the dirt. I'm pretty sure he said that. And I went on Google straight away because I'm like, that's not the stipulation, is it? That changes everything. I thought it was an Iron Man match. Danielson then went into the fact that he faced a 20-year-old Brian way back in the King of the Indies tournament in 2001. And from that moment on, he knew he was going to smash it. He thinks he's a great human being. And the only schmuck around here is MJF. Maxwell couldn't handle this at all, so he knocked the microphone out of Christopher Daniels' hand. <laughs> when Daniels came back and slapped him around his face like he was his dad, you could see what was going to happen here. Jacobs kicked him right in the balls, and he applied that armbar. Brian clearly wasn't watching this because he came out to make the save just a little bit too late as MJF did scarper off. And I just think everything we're doing here is working so damn well. We're telling you about the past. We're tying it into the future. Obviously, we're living in the present because that's how life works. And while I don't believe that Brian Danielson is going to become the champion, am I sure? Wait a minute. Blah, blah, blah. Send the message to my brain. No, no, I'm not. There's that 1% that makes me go, huh, maybe, just maybe, which is all I need. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. They got a video with the gun club as they were celebrating their tag team championship victory. And don't pretend these two guys don't know what they were doing. They may as well have looked down a camera and gone, nepotism, nepotism, nepotism. We're here because of our dad. I don't even care, man. They're so damn good. And it ties into what I said earlier. Do they entertain me? Yes. Do they get a bunch of heat? Yes. Am I happy they've become the champions? The answer is yes. Don't at me. And then we got David versus Goliath. Or Brian Cage versus Jack Perry. Which always makes me chuckle because, as you know, if you break down their names, it means it was Brian versus Jack Two people that hate each other in accountants. This, of course, was also a rematch from Winter is Coming, which means the internet has to go, well, I thought that match was better than this one. But who cares? You can watch one and enjoy it, and you can watch another one and enjoy it. And obviously, Jungle Boy was using his speed here to begin, as he decided, well, it is 2023, and I'm a wrestler. Why don't I hit a bunch of dives? And he hit one, and he hit two, and he went for three, and Brian Cage caught him and threw him into the ring apron. Wait a minute. The ring apron... Hang on. Oh, man. See what's on the, on the TV. Is that... 
The ring apron? It's the hardest part of the ring! Brian then suplexed him back into the ring when he went into power mode and he was just throwing Jungly Jim around like he was a piece of paper. What does that even mean? You can't throw a human being around like they're a piece of paper. But I've said it now, and not even I can explain it. Boy was still able to hit Hurricane Rana when Brian did go for a powerbomb. But then Cage caught him, threw him into Tina the turnbuckle, and F5'd his ass, and somehow Jungle Boy kicked out. So my word, are we protecting him? We also kept making out that Jack Perry wouldn't stay down, which was doubly true, because when Brian went to suplex him again, instead Jungle Boy got to the top rope and he gave him a splash. <laughs> Brian Cage just kept coming back, and he kept taunting the whole time, so somebody must have been fiddling with the D-pad. Eventually he did go for the crucifix bomb, which is when Jack Perry hit the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment. The surprise roll-up and he got the one, two, three. What a stupid world we live in. I made these t-shirts and some people have actually bought them on pro wrestling tees. As far as I'm concerned, you're my best friends. It also means we bring down the counter. There it is. It rolls up to 18 between WWE and AEW. And we will talk about this later. When all of a sudden, Christian Cage's music hit. And I was like, man, there's something wrong with my ear. Because I totally assumed that Jungle Boy would go on to Revolution. He would fight for a singles title. And just as he was about to win, Christian would screw him over. But nah. He did it here instead. Because instantly Perry ran at him because he hates this man when Christian Cage beat him up and gave him the kill switch onto the entranceway, which is when he took off his cast or sling and was like, ha I'm actually healed. I was like, Christian, man, that was a total waste of time. So I suppose this is going to be our pay-per-view match instead, which I'm totally cool with. I have no problem with it. I think it'll be very, very good. Finger of power says... Up. It also means it's a wonderful time to revisit Kayfabe Corner, where I, Simon Miller, tried to convince a non-wrestling fan to watch wrestling based on this story. So, Bob, thanks for joining me very much today. And just to confirm, you are not a wrestling fan. Nope. Well, that's good, because I'm about to make you a fan. Because a veteran of professional wrestling basically cons a young up-and-comer to being his friend, and at the last moment turns on him and insults his very real, very dead father because he wants to get under his skin and also takes a shot at his mother and breaks up his relationship with his best friend. What the hell is wrong with you, you piece of sh- The tag division then vent nuts. Because Renny Paquette was here and she told us at the pay-per-view the guns are going to face the winner of a traditional tag team battle royale but also the winner of a casino tag team battle royale even though really both of those are exactly the same. This is where the acclaim walked in now. I was like, now nah, we got screwed, so we're entering the match, and that got made official, so apparently they have booking powers now. So here is my prediction, because when it comes to those casino matches, you always get a surprise. So I bet FTR enter, and they win, and then we get to Revolution, Billy Gunn screws over the acclaimed, and FTR either beat the guns to become the brand new tag team champions, or at least kick off that feud, done. Do you think Don Callis and Michael Nakazawa then backstage? Once again, they are obsessed with basketball. This was kind of exactly the same skit as we did have a few weeks ago when they were in the gym. Although this time, instead of the firm, Top Flight and AR Fox turned up. Now, look, we know we just fought you, but we want to fight again. Now, Don Callis turned them down instantly because they had just lost, which is a good point. But it turns out if you want to get under their skin, you can do it super duper easy. Because Dante just went, well, it must mean you have no balls. (laughs) It's a pun. And Kenny Omega just lost it and went, all right, we'll do it. Goofy Wrestling then returned because Brandon Cutler got hit by all of these balls. Yeah, come Rampage, we're doing a round two. And as always, Twitter's like, well, I don't want to see a round two. We only had round one. Did you see what they did first time? And now they're going to try and top it. Of course, it's going to be brilliant. And also, 
Rampage needs more people like this on the damn show. We're also absolutely teasing what's next for the Elite because the House of Black kind of kept glitching in here. And I tell you, I need that match in my life. This is going to be super duper serious. And then my heart was happy. Why? Because it was Hangman Page versus Kip Sabian. Now, I never met these fine folks, but they just come across like good individuals. And I am so pleased to see how well Kip Sabian is doing at the moment. And every single week, he just gets better and better and better. Certainly didn't go too well for Kip, because even though he had beaten up Page early in the night and has friends in the Butcher and the Blade, he kind of got his ass kicked here. It didn't go very well at all. They did both do dives to start with, but because they're smart wrestlers, they were able to get out of the way. And this is when Penelope Ford, who was at ringside, started casting distraction. She did this later too when she choked the cowboy and you could see in her bag she had that old phone. This makes absolutely no sense. And that's why I love it. It did allow Sabian to hit that cool moonsault to the outside, which always looks so damn good. But when he went back to the top turnbuckle and he went for the double stomp, he completely missed it. This is basically when Hangman got the better of it. He hit the dead eye, and it was the one, two, three. Now, I do have to say, at one point, Paige threw Kip into Barry Barricade. So it's back again. But ultimately, even though they weren't given much time, it was pretty damn good. Up. As it turned out, it was leading to a post-match angle. Because as the Cowboys' music continued to play, out came the Blackpool Combat Club, and John Moxley got on the mic, and he was like, hey, you think that we have unfinished business? But we don't do absolute point, Dexter. I beat you. He doesn't think there's any chance Paige would ever be able to get that victory back, so what's the point? When Adam got the microphone, he was like, come on, man. I know that last win didn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum. And the only way either of us are going to be satisfied is if only one man is left standing. Oh, no. Moxley kept talking about the fact that Paige probably needs some friends to talk him out of this, although he doesn't have any. Which, of course, is when the Dark Order arrived. And evil Uno went crazy. Because he told Hangman to get out of the way because he was so mad of listening to him. And he got in Moxie's face and he said, look, I haven't done this before now because of my buddy. But I'm sick of you. I'm sick of your words. I'm not scared of you. And he pie-faced him. I was like, oh man, you've gone and done it now. Now Mox did kind of ignore this, although he had flames of death in his eyes. When he looked at Hangman Adam Page and he just said a few words, which was Texas Deathmatch. And they are going to do that at Revolution. I mean, have you seen what they've done in their normal matches? Somebody is doomed. So I'm going to have to watch this through my fingers like a horror movie. But the cool twist is that next week we are doing Evil Uno versus John Moxley. And please just give Evil Uno something. Because it took all of 35 seconds here to make me go, oh man, Evil Uno's a badass. So there was loads to unpack here. And once again, it just made me excited about the pay-per-view. This was well done. Up. Tony Schiavone was then backstage with the Jericho Appreciation Society and basically Chris Jericho is never going to face Ricky Starks again. So when we get to Rampage, it is Rick taking on Daniel Garcia and Garcia's going to finish him off for good. So that's cool. That's a good match and something I will tune in for. But I did go during this. Wait a minute. Where the hell has Action Andretti gone? Because don't forget, he got that amazing win over Chris Jericho. And while we treated him well for a few weeks... Now he just seems to have vanished like a ghost. So I do just have this feeling down in my tootsie toes that we should be going out of our way to get him on every single show. Because now it kind of feels like the momentum has expired a little bit. I mean, that big win may not be capitalized on. Now we can always change this. But given the last couple of weeks, I think it's a down. Tony was having a busy evening too because he was then interviewing the firm. And Stokely Hathaway was still so mad that Hook could beat him up as he has an injury. Now don't forget... All the wonderfully haired warrior did was basically give him a hug on his limb 
when Tony Schiavone said, look, you're so mad, you wanted him suspended. Well, now he is because the whole thing is under investigation. This made no sense. All you got to do is watch the clip and see that Hook did nothing but four words for you, my friends, that I will die by Goofy Wrestling for Life. It was our main event after this because it was Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker. And I thought it was cool to see them in this spot. It also had a really good story because the whole time everybody was going, well, Ruby Soho, which side are you on? Because, of course, she could team with the Outsiders as she came from WWE, but she also has affiliations with AEW, so maybe she wants to go the other way too. I'm now starting to think we may have a third faction, which is when Ruby and Sheeta get together and they form the, man, you guys are such children. Why don't you just calm it down, guys? Although the name will need work. So Ryan Storm were also going to beat up a fan at one point who had a Britt Baker sign before Ruby Soho went down there and stopped it. And then, yeah, when we did get in the ring, the big question was, what is Ruby going to do? Because at one point, she punched Britt Baker. But when Tony Storm grabbed the dentist and was like, haha, do it again, Soho wouldn't do it because she refuses to pick sides, which was also the same when Tony Storm was outside of the ring on the left and Britt Baker was outside the ring on the right, she didn't know which person she should go and beat up. Now, that did go badly for her, because Britt got her back in the ring and just took her out. She needs to start making decisions. We, of course, soon did see a sweet cheek music by Tony Storm, which always makes me face because it looks so horrible, when Soraya was tripping Britt Baker. But that's when Tony also hit a German suplex, whereas Ruby was like, oh, I've got a knee, I can use that to smash some skulls. Tony then went for another hip attack, but she went right into an STO, and yeah, look, this wasn't the best match in the world, but I thought it was pretty good. We then got to the near falls after Britt Baker hit a fisherman suplex. But when she put Storm in the lockjaw, Soraya just got in the ring <laughs> and started to kick her. Now, look, I get it's a triple threat match, but that was a little bit silly even for me. Storm then went after Hater with the DDT as Soraya hit the nightcap on Baker, which is when she got the spray paint. <laughs> she painted Tony Storm's ass, who then hit another sweet chick music onto Britt which was meant to kind of like stamp paint in her face. And what the hell am I even talking about? It caused so much carnage. Eventually, Ruby Soho got back in there. She got rid of the former page when she hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment onto Britt Baker, and she got the three. Now, I did like this finish because it then brings up so many questions, but it also brings back the surprise roll-up board which rolls up to 19 across AEW and WWE. So that is two-on-one show, and when you do tie into that bit when Sarai just got in there, it kind of did go a little bit too out of left field. I mean, it was so confusing and maybe just overbooked. I hate that term, but I must go with my honest feelings. It's probably a down. Dynamite then did end pretty good, though, because Ruby Soho was between Soraya and Jamie Hayter, and it kind of felt like she was just into the Women's Championship, as she should be. And I felt like I'm the only person that likes this narrative. That's all right. I'll stand on my lonely island by myself. When you take out the little bit of shenanigans, overall, I'm giving it an up. I find myself very invested in it. Which, of course, brought us to the end of Dynamite. I think it's fair to say it wasn't the best one that we've seen, and some bits were a little bit wibbly-wobbly. But when it did hit, my word, it got me excited for Revolution. Giving it an up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's AEW. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Head over to whatculture.com where you can read yourself some articles. Make sure you follow us on social media. And look, there's videos on the screen right now. Click one and see what happens. My name is Simon for What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. I appreciate your time. See you soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.